Hello, I'm Hannah Kaplan, and this is the WCS Wild Audio Podcast, where you'll find reported audio stories covering the latest news and newsmakers from the Wildlife Conservation Society's Global Conservation Program, Zoos and Aquarium, and their many partners. We've got a great show today, so let's get to it. In anticipation of New York Climate Week, taking place later this month during the 78th session of the UN General Assembly, WCS Wild Audio presents the first in a three-part series exploring forward-thinking approaches to the growing climate crisis. For part one, we look at why maintaining the ecological integrity of forests is so important and what can be done both to avoid further degradation and restore what's been lost. Nat Moss has the story. New York Climate Week shouldn't be confused with the upcoming meeting of the UN Framework Convention on Climate Change, or UNFCCC, which takes place in November in Dubai. Climate Week is really a chance for practitioners to come together and talk about how the Paris Agreement can be implemented in the real world. Tom Evans is the lead for forest conservation on the WCS Forests and Climate Change team. Climate Week is a mix of hearing inspiring talks about what might be possible, conversations with other experts, talk about some of the challenges we're facing, and new techniques, new approaches, new financing streams, and that kind of thing. The theme this year is We Can, We Will. Tom's focused on the importance of high-integrity forests, which regulate the climate in three key ways. There's a really strong body of evidence now that forests that have been least disrupted by intensive human activities are really important stores of carbon. Tom says these forests also have a second, less widely recognized role in drawing down further carbon from the atmosphere. About a third of all the carbon that human society emits each year gets drawn back into healthy ecosystems like high-integrity forests. So it's slowing down the rate at which climate change is happening. Forests also help regulate the climate in a third way, which has nothing to do with their carbon content, but with the way they interact with their surroundings through things like evaporation. Forests draw water out of the ground through their roots, evaporate it through their leaves, and that creates a layer of cool air. If forests were not playing that function, I think the earth would be several tenths of a degree hotter than it otherwise is. And while Tom is focused on protecting forests with established integrity, WCS Forest and Climate Program Director of Science, Kevin Austin, is looking at ways to restore forests that are already under assault. WCS has led research demonstrating that more than half of the world's forests have been degraded by logging or other human activities. And many of these are adjacent to or neighboring ecologically high integrity forests. So there's kind of an interesting opportunity there to restore forests that have retained many of the structural characteristics of forests, but they will require some kind of intervention to remove risks and allow them to recover. The obvious question then is what can be done to avoid further degradation of intact forests and help restore areas that still retain a fair degree of ecological integrity? Ultimately, what is needed to secure these high integrity forests in the long term is effective, sustainable, socially equitable management systems on the ground. So that means things like well-run protected areas. It means establishing indigenous territories that are legally recognized and well supported. It means enabling other local communities to establish community forests, which give them control over these areas and their long-term future. So we need on-the-ground management models that work. And in order to enable that at scale, we need supportive policies 
at national and international level and we need finance streams that enable these local forest managers to be rewarded for the global public goods that they're creating by protecting these places. Both Tom and Kemen emphasize that avoiding the degradation of forests is not just an issue of confronting climate change, it's also directly related to ecological health. If we don't solve climate change, we're putting forests in the biodiversity that they protect at risk. Tom expands on this point. The more biodiverse an ecosystem is, the more likely it is to survive periods of drought and fire and storm and so forth and to bounce back. And so we really need ecosystems. They're not static things like pictures in a museum. They're living, breathing, functioning collections of organisms. And we need them to thrive in the face of these uh, worsening conditions. To illustrate the importance of a functioning ecosystem, Tom references the empty forest syndrome. I've been into many empty forests, especially in more heavily impacted parts of the world like Southeast Asia, where whilst there are still plenty of trees and plenty of bugs, the large bodied mammals and birds in particular have been stripped out for hunting, partly for local consumption, but more and more for trade to distant urban markets. And as those species are removed from the system, the functions that they provide are also lost. Not surprisingly, loss of ecological health in turn has implications for the climate. There are quite a lot of seeds which are only dispersed by animals big enough to eat big fruits. And so if you take the big animals out, be that hornbills or monkeys or uh, elephants or whatever, you find there are whole categories of trees that are no longer able to reproduce in the forest. And so that has these knock-on effects uh, on other parts of the system. And it's humanity's bad luck that a lot of those tree species with the big fruits which are dispersed by the big animals happen to be the trees which are themselves very large and have very dense carbon-rich timber and so removing those from the system we find them replaced by you still have trees but they'll be shorter with lighter wood and with a lot less carbon in them which can be multiplied over millions upon millions of hectares as you take out the fauna over those areas uh, that'll have multi-generational impacts on the structure and composition of those forests. New York's Climate Week provides a forum to address these tough challenges. There's no doubt that identifying workable solutions is where the rubber hits the road when it comes to the implementation of global accords like the Paris Climate Agreement. Kevin Austin puts it this way. That place in between the commitments and the results is where we all live, right? And those of us who work at WCS on this issue are in between those two things, trying to make sure that the signals connect between what's being talked about and what's being committed to and what's happening on the ground. In part two of our Climate Week series, we look at another real-world aspect of living through the climate crisis, the challenge of adaptation. That's next week on WCS Wild Audio. I'm Nat Moss. Today's episode was produced and reported by Nat Moss with help from Hannah Kaplan and Dan Rosen. The WCS Wild Audio Podcast is a production of the Wildlife Conservation Society. Please join us next week for a new episode, and don't forget to rate or review the show wherever you get your podcasts. 